on episode 8 of Convergence, asking for permission to help when the person is not necessarily ready to listen, and our continued paths to becoming healers and helpers. I saw something on Netflix that I haven't actually watched, uh, but it made me think of you and your... um the project you're starting and the the flow you're getting into uh you know uh john baptiste yeah the wrestler guy no that's dave that's dave Batista. um john baptiste no i'm not sure if i do he's he's uh he's like the 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 main musician the guiding musician on uh, one of the late night shows i think with stephen colbert and he um he writes a lot of grammy award-winning music and stuff and he has a new movie on netflix called american symphony and it's like about him going through the process of like winning grammys for his music while his wife is dealing with like really bad cancer and like the back and forth between the realness of sickness and the the craziness of being uh a huge celebrity in music and 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 also the the creation process and how he's using the music creation process to deal with these both sides and stuff. And, uh, it it looked pretty, uh, looked pretty heart wrenching. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think I'm ready for that. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. What made you, what made, uh, you think of me? Um, using art as a tool for growth and, and release and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I sent you a little thing the other, the, this week, um, I recorded myself. Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about that, uh, before or after we put it on the feed? Uh, I think we should put it on the feed. Um, and, uh, uh, dear listener, you will, uh, you will have seen both, uh, episodes drop. So, I think our advice to you is go and listen to if if you, if you haven't listened to the divergence episode, uh, then go and listen to that now, and then come back and um, and uh, we'll re- resume from here. Yeah, just uh, I I had a moment where I just I had to get some stuff out where I'm t- talking and thinking about this path I want to go down and how it's affecting me, and um, I you know I've I've also I've spoken to Margaret about it since then and 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 Cameron my friend um and I realized that I'm um I'm not I'm not processing and handling external factors the way I probably should and one of one of the things that came up with with Margaret this isn't her, what her words but the kind of the uh, the message that I received was um, I don't even, I don't even want, no, I don't, it's not even her words or message maybe, but the, what kind of came to mind was like, maybe, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm really handling things wrong. I'm, 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 I care too much about people. I, um, I'm letting them affect me too much. Uh, these are all the wrong, <laughs> these are all the wrong words, but, um, what's, what's been interesting for me since then is that I actually also, I listened to uh, a book that, man, we could go on a whole episode about me talking about this book. This is crazy. It's called Spirit Hacking by Shaman Derek. 
and uh, w- wow, um, <laughs> I had to I had to do some learning about I had to do some learning about shamanism. I had to do some. I I, I realized that I had uh, I had all this stuff that I was feeling, feeling so much for my friends, feeling so much for humanity, and uh, I needed some help, kind of calibrating that and, 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 um, and so I found this book and I just, I just actually just searched for shaman in my, uh, my library, uh, audiobook app. And that one came up and it was immediately available. And I was like, okay, listen into this. And wow, that was an experience. It was like, um, uh, more than half the book was, it felt like I had written it myself and it was, it was a lot like the manifesto that I shared with you, which we could also get into. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot like stuff that I, I have felt throughout my life, but didn't realize, didn't even think to write it down or say it. And it was just like, oh, that's why I feel this way. Like, I, it made me feel like this has been a path for me my entire life. And I just didn't even know it was a thing. Um, whereas he came from like five generations of shamans, uh, for me, you know, I came from people who were completely out of touch, very blocked, very ego based. And, um, you know, somehow I have been able to break free from that a little bit and, and open up. And now my mind is like, this is your path. And so I, I just... Now I know I have a lot of lessons to learn. I mean, I already knew I had a lot of lessons to learn, but um, anyways, that that divergence recording was a wake-up call for me a bit. Like, uh, I think Margaret even used the, the, the term cry for help. I can see that. And I guess it is a little bit since I'm sending it out to people. <laughs> but it's also like, also at, at the same time, I feel like it's like, it's like no, I got this. Uh, but yeah, so you've heard it. I'm really curious. You, you told me you had thoughts, and uh, and boy, do I want to hear them. I'm I'm really excited. I think chief among the observations that I had, I think, to, particularly towards the end, because um, we can talk about because there's a lot of stuff here around your friends and you wanting slash hoping, wishing that your friends would do certain things, walk certain paths. Um, I, I, one, one bit I want to say about that is I think it came off. It, 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 it did come across as me wanting to change them. And, and, and really, truly, I really don't, I don't want to change anybody. I don't want to force anything. I don't want, uh, that it's, that it's me doing anything. Like, I don't want credit. I don't want, um, to force. I really just want people to wake up. I really just want people to, to click out of their ego, to, to know that there is something other than the rut they're in. Um, and that, I don't think that came across in my, in the recording. I think it's interesting that Um, and I want to make the point here that there's, you know, these are two gentlemen here who are not necessarily trained in psychology. And if this gets a little bit pop psychology, then 
dear listener, like feel free to roll your eyes all the way back into the, the back of your head. Um, and call us out as well. Um, we we uh, convert, was it convergencepod at iCloud.com? That sounds great. Yes. I think convergencepod at iCloud.com. Yes. Email us and tell us exactly what you think. What I sort of hear in what you were saying is there is a judgment there that people are in ruts. Um, and I don't know if it's our place. And I don't mean this from a judgmental point of view either, from you know judging you. But I, I don't know if it's our, if we can see other people's ruts because we really don't, we don't know, we we haven't walked in their shoes, and so I think there's potentially a danger that I, I you know I, I I know what you mean about we can observe decisions that we think aren't necessarily the the healthiest or the most productive or the best, but I think that's different from saying this person is in a rut or this person need you know has these things that need to to change about them. I think that is where we get into. And again, you know, it's, it's right back to, I think episode one of this, where we talk about the, uh, the zealousness or the zeal of the, of the converted. Um, and yeah. So when I, when I hear that, I, I hear a sort of not a judgment in sense of you're good or bad, or, you know, the people you're observing are good or bad. It's not, it's not that, it's not judging them in that sense, but a judgment of their situation and, and a, a sense that there's almost a suggestion that you've got a better idea of their situation than they have. And, and I think that's maybe where some of that can, can be a bit tricky because it's, if it feels like it's coming from that place of like, I did this healing, I walked this path, therefore this is the path that you should walk as well. Right. And uh, yeah. And, and that's, uh, I get that. I get that. And I have, um, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, for one, um, I don't want anybody to walk the same path as me. I definitely know that my path is mine and, and not anyone else's. Um, but I do see that everyone does have a path and I don't see that everyone knows that they have a path. And what I, and and it's not just what I see in their actions. It's um, it's energetically what I feel, and this is the part where I feel like um, I I do have uh, nebulous, hard to describe energetic gifts. Um, kind of like Lacey talks about her uh, Claire clairvoyance i can't i can't claire um yeah there's another word that she uses isn't there i think yeah yeah it's a different one like thoughts just come to her for me i have i have feelings that come to me um like i can uh, sometimes i can see auras but i don't see them visually i feel them i feel the color around somebody which is really odd it's dis it's disorienting it's kind of um jarring uh and i i can feel when somebody's like kind of not in their best path and not in their best, you know, in, in, in sort of some sort of rut and some sort of uh, early stage of life when they have gotten to the point where they could have discovered another path by now or another part of their life by now. And 
I'm not here like trying to bump every wagon out of its rut and trying to sh- shift. You know, like I, I don't want to like go out of my way. I'm not trying to do anything more. But when I see my friends and family in that situation, and I'm, I'm here every day with them, and it's like, um, I'm just watching them hurt themselves. Is is how it feels. It's really hard, and I want to say something, and I. Uh, I actually kind of, in a way, kind of feel like it is my place. Like there's, it's not everyone's place to call everybody out. But I think that there might be certain people who it is their place to call people out. And because maybe people wouldn't ever change or grow or get to the next stage if they didn't have a prompt from somebody that they trusted. Um, So, you know, I have to earn that trust. I have to play that role correctly. Um, but I could be somebody's change agent. I don't know. Yes. I, I, I believe that, um, what I, I think is tricky. And I think this is endlessly frustrating, um, <laughs> to feel that way yeah. because <laughs> <It sure> is. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. I love it, but also it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can understand that from, I have the same thing when it comes to, you know, in a, in a professional setting. I see, <laughs> um, I get really sort of triggered and annoyed by bad advice. Um, and I heard a piece of bad advice a couple of days ago and actually recorded this little voice note um, of me reacting to someone's bad advice. Oh, I love it. By just going, no, Neil, no, 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 Neil, no, no, Neil, no. Because it is, it's frustrating. And then when you when you hear bad advice being acted out or enacted upon, um, it is... Yeah, you just want to you just want to reach in and say no, there's a better way. Um, as someone who has flogged a horse or two that are uh, near death, near death <laughs> if not actually dead, um, you you can't. And if we stick with a horse analogy, you can't lead a horse. You can lead a horse towards it, but you can't make it drink. Right? It's um, you. And I actually think I I might have brought this up in a future uh uh giving the game away now that i do record um my daily show in advance um because how else would i do it but anyway um <laughs> wait it's not live I think as i'm listening up- to the podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i think it did come up this whole notion of wanting to be able to change something but having the question is it is it my task you know is this my task and i think it i think you can you can offer you can ask you can invite but man alive that is a third rail and i i um i screwed that up earlier in the year like i brought someone to tears by asking what i thought was a an invitation kind of question not one that came from you should change now you know i was i was playing with fire because I, that's not the right phrase. I was um, playing in a space that I didn't have enough experience in and didn't wasn't careful enough and tactful enough because the person I was speaking to was extremely sensitive and extremely self-conscious. And the questions I was asking 
that I thought were coming from a helpful place were just hurting each time. Um, it's 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 really hard because sometimes it just comes from this, you know, wanting to know what choices people make, wanting to know, and and I think you know you mentioned in in the the recording that for some people it's just one or two simple little changes and and it feels like it could fix so much and um i think it's what i think would be healthier for you and i i genuinely mean it from a point of view of your own mental health yeah (laughs) because too much of this is just you know it's not good um it is is to find a way to be okay with the fact that they're not ready or they don't want that help yeah 100 percent. you can't help someone who doesn't want it oh yeah absolutely i just you know and i understand you you know you taking on this this role of, of this of this person who who can and who but i think all you can do is offer questions or offer things for people to think about and then when you sense that resistance i think you just gotta pull back because you can push people away by trying to help them too much yeah in a way that they're not ready for yeah oh no that happened with my sister yeah yeah i um i i was really sad about kind of how uh her you know she 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 put a boundary that she didn't want to hear any more of that stuff and i i got really sad about it and and um then asked her if she would talk to me about the boundary and in that discussion we kind of uh you know we we did ask questions of each other it was a discussion and not a dictation but um it was clear that i had stuff that i wanted to say and she was uh gripping her hands tightly and just trying to bear through it just like okay tell me what you gotta say just like super super closed but like just being there to like accept it and so i said some things that she was in no place to hear um but you know i was like i i i feel like i need to say these things you're saying you're telling me that you're accepting it uh, you know willing to hear it and so i said the things and uh, you know it's been a silent treatment since then it's been like six months eight months something like that i'm gonna say something that I want to be sensitive about. Um, But that phrase, two words that you said there, I heard a lot in the, um, in the recording of, of, and I've got a sort of a follow-up question for this as well, which is the two words were, um, I need. I need. It's all about me. A little bit. Or could it be? (laughs) Um, For sure. You needed to say these things. Yes. Did the other person need to hear them? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at, and definitely no, and not at that time. Um, and I'm not I'm not here saying there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just for know, sure. I'm just asking the question. You're asking great questions. No, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, I did need to say it, and no, she did not need to hear it at that time. Um, I, you know, I'm obviously in the opinion that she does need to hear it. Uh, because I mean, from, from my point of view, you know, there's not just her and me in this equation, there's a little one. And 
I'm seeing patterns repeat that caused a lot of trauma. I'm seeing things that were very, that are very, uh, very scary for the little one. And he's going to have, um, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I, I want really good for him and, and I want for good for her and I want good for me, of course. But, um, I, I was, for me, I was willing to take the chance on our relationship in order to plant a seed that no matter how bitter, no matter how disruptive it could be, that it could germinate. Maybe, maybe somebody else waters it. Maybe, you know, a storm comes in and waters it. You know, maybe something happens and that, that grows into something um, and, and, you know, maybe she comes back to me and says, Hey, I've been, I didn't like what you said, but I've been thinking about it. You know, I don't know, but it wouldn't happen. And I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't at that time, at, at that time where the, where I was, which was not in a healthy spot. <laughs> I've, I've worked a lot on myself since then because of, and, and, and also, you know, yeah, I needed to say that at that time to her to get her reaction to, to grow myself. Uh, that was very traumatic for me. And I have since learned a lot about how to talk to people and how to talk to my sister and how, uh, and that I need to investigate how I talk to people. I needed to stumble in that way. Um, in order to do it better next time. One of the things that I'm learning um, is, and I'm trying to practice it, and I, I managed a couple of weeks ago with someone, and I'm glad that I asked the question. Um, I think we, as people who want to help people, we actually, ha I think we have to ask permission first. Um, and we don't always. And, you know, I did this with, with a friend a couple of weeks ago. I was like, can I ask you a coaching question? you know, a coachy style question. Um, and you know, she said, she said yes. And then she said, thank you for asking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I've been getting that same kind of thing. I, I work, I, I'm in a, um, in a, an addiction uh, group of people and, and we share in a, in a circle and it's all supposed to be confidential. And some, you know, there's a, a talking time afterwards and I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I, um, make a comment or something about what you shared today. And so far everybody has said yes, but that's, that's the door. You know, that's, that's me asking to be let in, not me just saying, Hey, I got a couple things to say. And, and it's always been, it's always been better. It's always been a good conversation when I have asked first and uh, yeah. And honest, you know, I will say that that bit with my sister, when we went to the park and I talked with her, I did ask her, like, I didn't, I didn't trick her into coming to the park with me. Um, that was, <laughs> yeah, it was course. a couple days of setup. Like I asked her like, Hey, I'd really like to talk to you about this. Can we set aside a time? And so, you know, th there was a little bit of that, but also it was clear and, 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 and I'm not trying to excuse myself from the fact, knowing that her body language was, uh, of a, a, a tense wild animal fearful that, uh, something is going to attack them and every muscle is tight and completely resistant to hearing anything that I was going to say. And I knew that, um, but I proceeded anyway. Well, I, 
it's not my job and it's not your job to litigate the past. Um, so, you know, yeah. Um, but I guess there is, there is a, there's a, a grieving um, to be done about perhaps a bit of the relationship and, and that kind of stuff. But that's, yeah, that would be, that would be not my place. Um, it's clear that you have lots of love to give. Um, and, um, but I think, yeah, one of the things that I noted down is, is seeing pain and, and, and maybe some grief and, um, and also I wondered about, um, how much of this, uh, feels like, um, it's come about or has become more prevalent after the crash. Oh, um, interesting question. I mean, uh, I feel I feel a bit like, well, okay. What what happened right before I recorded that was I heard some really tragic news about um, not tra- tragic, it's a bit overblown. It, some sad news about a friend and their health. It came down with something really strong, and it's it's affecting them, and it's it's uh, affecting me. And I, um, I, I, I realized at the time before I did the recording and especially since after talking to Margaret that I don't, I don't regulate myself enough, f- boundarying myself from other people's, um, problems. And I, I, I do let it affect me. Uh, but also that like, I'm, I know that I know that I'm, I'm not ever going, I'm not, I don't want to ever block that off completely. Um, cause that's, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's my kryptonite and it's my superpower. You know, it's like, I love feeling that connection to other people. I just le- need to learn to, um, to regulate it better. Like I, I think I talked about in the recording, uh, I used to, uh, take headaches from my ex-wife just by placing my hand on her forehead. And then I would feel exactly in my head where that headache was. And I, I would be left with that headache for the next 15, 30 minutes. And I, over time, learned to be able to take the headache without feeling it myself. And that's just another thing that I need to learn to do with knowing somebody else's pain, but not taking it on myself. Um, I don't know. I don't know if since the crash, if... Uh, if that's changed, I think maybe a little bit like kind of in my life, I just kind of feel like a little bit more motivated to do what I'm called to do. Since then, I'm like, I have a new lease on life. I'm, it's amazing that I'm even alive after that crash. But um, I also kind of feel a new vigor and zeal for it since we started this podcast. And, you know, and, and like, uh, since I've read this book and that book and, and, it feels like everything in my life is um, falling into place. Uh, this manifestation challenge is another part of it. Like it's just uh, things are, you know, dominoes are just lifting themselves up right in front of me and I'm just able to just plop, plop, plop each one down. And it's, um, it all, it all feels like my life is playing out in front of me. Like it's behind, like it's already written. Like it's, um, it, it not no, not no, that could be a horrible scenario where I feel like I have no control, but it feels like it's everything I want, even though 
even though I'm, it's, it's happening to me right in front of me, um, but it's everything that I, I want it to be. So it's kind of the best case of fate, <laughs> the best case of predestination. Uh, it's interesting you say control because uh, that's what I was wondering about because you and Margaret both encountered a moment of supreme loss of control. Um, and it was clear from the visceral description that you gave towards the end um, of the recording of your fears, and that was really affecting. Um, and that it feels like that's still alive um, for you, and there's yeah there's some trauma there's some fear there's some all sorts of stuff bundled up and it feels like at the moment maybe i don't know but i it, is it possible that that is trying to be trying to escape through other people through healing other people um and that's that's why i wondered you know whether this this sort of because obviously it's compounded by a couple of things. You know, you've heard the news of of, of your your friend. Um, you've had a lot of upheaval um, in the last couple of weeks, and that's a loss of control. That's a loss of things that you you know you you just can't do anything about. Plus, there's just there's also this sense of um if only people would listen like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that you could you know heal and make things better but oh yeah you know at the, again at the severe risk of it all sounding psychobabbly that's not something you can provide to yourself and that's maybe something that you need that's interesting i love i love that question about loss of control because actually what i just described about um things falling into place in front of me is also completely loss of control. I have no, I, I, it's what I want. It happens to be what I want, but also I really feel like I have almost no hand in it. Like I'm sure I'm writing down in my manifestation journal and I'm, I'm doing the DIs and I'm, um, and I'm working, you know, using other, um, I'm trying to use the mystic path and, and the, the shaman path and all these other things to guide my future. But, uh, a lot of things happen that just feel like they are the universe doing it or, or whatever. It's just life happening in front of me, the, ac in the accident included. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get really real with you for a sec. The, the accident, man, super freaking traumatic. Also, some kind of cool things happened because of it. Like, it's it's it was not just a curse there's also blessings i it gave you know for one it gave me a renewed sense of vigor in life like i'm i'm happily feeling like i'm reawoken um in in the moment um we we were surrounded by community and i hadn't really had that feeling of strangers coming to my aid and being there for me ever. I've always kind of felt really alone in this and in life and in, in my place in America, my place in my town. Um, 
like the um the 2020 race riots here in portland like i was i was down there every day you know trying to give out snacks and and being with people and like i felt like i was playing a role and being helpful but not connected with anybody i didn't sit and have conversations i didn't connect with nearly some people, you know, who are extroverts, they came up to me and like, Oh, Hey, you know, this is really cool. You're doing this and that. And then we talked for like three minutes and then they move on. Um, and otherwise I'm just handing out water bottles and that's not a real connection that's fleeting. But right after the crash, there was, there was a woman that was slack jawed in a car that just, it happened in front of her. And she's like, are you okay? wow, that was incredibly, whoa. And then um, there were three witnesses that came forward and then just stayed with us and, you know, just like told us their stories and listened to our stories of what just happened. And there was this, uh, this guy that was kind of, you know, a, a typical, stereotypically like a scary homeless guy. He was missing his front teeth and he was kind of like very dirty and stuff. And he was just the kindest, gentlest, wonder most wonderful like jolly person he was uh kind of yelling at the cops for us because they didn't go after the guy and we were joking and and that 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 was amazing for me like and i wouldn't have gotten that if i hadn't had that traumatic experience um I, you know another another thing is like yeah i have I have this injury and I have a whole bunch of things I have to do now because of it. And I have all this time to, is taken up from insurance calls and buying a new car and going to acupuncturists and chiropractors and physical therapy and, and uh, other healthcare practitioners. And it's like a full time job, but also like we're going to get a, a decent, um, a paycheck at the end of this like we're gonna get some money from it which is you know i wouldn't i wouldn't pay that or i wouldn't i wouldn't buy this pain but that is something that's going to come in and that's going to make things better for us i'm going to pay off debts and we're going to kind of set up some investments and it you know it, it's it, it's hard to it's hard to say that i'm happy about it it's hard to say it, but I kind of am. I, I, you know, this is me trying to be as real as possible. Like, I, uh, I was already finding it hard to work. I was because I'm because of other health issues, because of other other things. It was hard to get out into the field and physically remodel stuff. And now it's <laughs> now it's kind of impossible for me to do that for the short term. And I can't. I, I, I wasn't going to be able to make a lot of money during that time. And now I'm going to be making more money than I would have if I was working. Maybe, probably, you know, we'll find out how good my lawyer is. But I can't, I can't remember why we went down that road. But like, I, um, th that's, that's been something, that's been a weird feeling for me to sit through of, of the duality, <laughs> the good and the bad of this uh, very traumatic event. Like I wouldn't ever ask for it, but because I got it, I'm, I'm trying to recognize all aspects of it. And I'm almost thankful.
Like I'm, I'm great. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I, uh, that's been something that's taken years and years and years for me to come to being grateful for the fibromyalgia. And I am like, if I, if it wasn't for that persistent pain that would never go away, I wouldn't have continued what my ex-wife pushed into me of trying to better myself. She, she prompted me to read these books and read them to me and go to therapies and stuff. And she did it in a horrible, abusive fashion, but opened my eyes to something that was there that I didn't realize. And then after she was gone, I continued with it only when my health made me. Otherwise, I was still stuck in my pattern. If, it was, if I was numbing myself out enough with all the uh, all the sugar and caffeine and tubs of ice cream um or the sugar free ice cream that I thought I was getting away with uh I, once I kind of snapped out of that and realized like no this pain isn't going away on its own I have to do some work to get rid of this um that that work that I had to do helped me uh helped me in so many ways and now I'm really grateful that that pain never left so that I could have a reason to keep working on myself. Because now I'm at this point where I've worked on myself so much and I see life in such a different fashion. I see, I, I feel awoken. Like I feel like the Buddha. I feel like a shaman, a, a man who knows. And it's, it's a different world. It's, it's hard to describe. That's what, you know, like Alan Watts tries to do with his poetry and, and Ram Dass tries to do with his oof, uh, very flowery and delicious, but very hard to approach um, musings and, and, and guidance. Um, it's, all very, it's all very unapproachable from somebody who's stuck in their ego. To that effect, Margaret and I are reading this book that uh, that Unique recommended to me, and this is uh, Unique Hammond. Yeah, Unique Hammond, the health coach and and um, podcaster, is called "The Mystic Path to Cosmic Power" by Vernon Howard, and it's uh, it's 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 so weird. It's 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 simultaneously also hard to get hard to. Um, to really get into because the language it's written, it was written in the seventies, I think. And it's very, uh, the, the language is very of its time <laughs> and kind of, kind of silly and kind of funny, but at the same time, it's super approachable because he, he shows you the path to wake up in, in, in very simple steps. And, you know, the, the, the first step is just being aware of yourself. Just watch yourself, just bring your attention to not, no judgments, no, no analysis, just observation, just pure awareness. And just keep working on that. Work on that for a month. Just keep any time. Just bring your attention back to yourself. Just watch what you're doing. Because people don't watch what they're doing. It's, it's, it's an epidemic, in my opinion, and, and those of people I follow. <laughs> and... Um, there's a, there's a quote actually I pulled from the mystic path that I think might be relevant. He says, I've investigated every teacher and system from Aristotle to apolitarianism to Zeno to Zen. The teaching is varied in outer form, but all agreed on the essentials. Man's task 
is to awaken to his true identity. The kingdom of heaven is within. Spiritual truths are discovered with an entirely new kind of thinking, quite distinct and vastly superior to the mind that builds bridges and sells merchandise. End quote. From the perspective of a person who is, I feel, waking up. I don't feel, I, don't, I, I, I know I have much to learn and, and, and everything, but from this, from the other side, the grass is greener. This feels like a good place to leave it. Um, this is going to be part one of our discussion. Um, things take a, uh, an interesting and, and fun and maybe silly turn uh, in the second part of our conversation. So um, join us next week for episode nine, where we start turning the telescope the other way around and um, start looking at the world through a very different lens.